Hey, what's going on? This is Brandon. This is Joshua. And this is Dave, and you're now tuned in to PVD Horror. And you're now tuned in to PVD Horror. Hey, I'm Sarah T. Cohen, and you may know me from movies such as Hellcat, Cupid, or Clown Doll, and you are listening to PVD Horror. Hey, everybody. We are here with Sarah T. Cohen, actress, British actress, I should say, from a number of films, more recently Cupid. We'll get into all of them because there is like a laundry list of films we're going to talk about today. But Sarah, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. So, I mean, your your name is all over, especially like this. We have this app we use, Tubi, the streaming app. So... Mm -hmm. If you type in your name, there's like eight films that pop up immediately. So that's been I don't our have a membership, so they don't let me see that. Oh, like, <laughs> I'm not part of the cool kids. Like yeah. I see this one. There's another site where I can see it, but that one, they're like, nah. Well, I'm gonna let everybody know if you guys are looking to find out what we're talking about today. Definitely go to that app and look up any of these films that we mentioned. So just right off the bat, though, one of the things that strikes me is. You're part of this um, Proportion Productions company. And one thing that's really noteworthy about them is how they seem to utilize the same like acting crew mm-hmm. um, for almost all the films that they do. So you're a part of that. I know Georgina Jane and that, who we have also talked to. And then there's some other uh, supporting cast that you'll notice their faces in mm-hmm. different films. So I was just wondering if you could get, um, get us started, but how you got connected with Scott Jeffrey and Proportion Productions. For sure. I actually, so I did um, a few films with his other company, Champ Dog Films. And then we, so I think I'd done four films with them. And then he brought me over to Proportion with Clown Doll was my first one with them. And it just like, we just got on so well. Like we, we gel. He, he's incredible in that he will really push you with characters, like let you play people that you wouldn't, like I would never get cast in these roles in the normal world ever. And it is like a dream to be able to like push myself and try these things out. So it's sort of, we just got on really well and it's been smooth sailing ever since. Oh, that's cool. So looking at your film catalog, it seems like you're a real horror fan and you really love the genre. What attracted you to the genre and what are some of your favorite films? Well, I've always really enjoyed horror. Like I think I, it's like a like roller coaster ride, like the adrenaline rush I love. Mm-hmm. And I ne- I didn't even know about this sort of like B-movie, horror movie genre at all mm-hmm. until working on it. Like I, the reason I did it is because I'd never really worked in feature films before. So when I found Champ Dog, they, they were doing sort of like period piece Viking movies. So I did a few of those. And then Scott just, he specializes in horror like no one else. So when I started working with him, I was introduced to this whole new world of, I'd, and I'd always enjoyed watching them. So it was just a dream to get involved in it. And you work out all the little tropes as well and how you can play against them and with them. And it's so fun. <laughs> now, how does it feel to be looked at as an independent film scream queen from your fans? And who are some of your favorite scream queens? Oh my gosh, it's an honor. 
I can't believe it as well. Like it's, I just love it. It's so fun. It's like you get to you you play extremes of emotions and characters that you again you don't get in because when else do you have literal life or death scenarios? Um, yeah. And then sort of my favorite, I scream. I mean, I know it's literal scream, scream queen. I love the scream franchise. Saw I really like as well. Or some other ones that I just honestly, my friend and I will just go through like because we're only us two enjoy horror movies, or our other friends are like, no. So we'll just go through together, like trying to find good new horror movies. So there's so many that I've seen, and I just love it. Like Dave said, you have like a catalog of films. Like if you look up you on IMDb and uh, Tubi, out of all your roles you have played, which one is your favorite? It's interesting because I have different reasons for liking different roles. So I'd say in terms mm-hmm. of like the one where I could, had the most fun and I could play the most, Cupid, I'd say, because there was a lot of room for okay. improv in that one as well. In terms of one that was super, super different from me is Hellcat. And then again, like I, the one that I mentioned before that it's not out yet, but Medusa, again, it's a really different role and it's a, lot, it's a really gritty character and I don't usually get to play that kind of character. So again, really mm-hmm. enjoyed that one. And that was one I enjoyed just the other actors working with them. That's the reason I love that. I noticed you were able to play a witch in the 2020 remake film of mm-hmm. film, The Witches. How was that experience? And were you um, were you a fan of the original film? Yeah. So I remember watching, I was kind of semi-traumatized by the original as a kid. Yeah. I remember being like, this is <laughs> terrifying. Um, but I, it, I mean, that production company, I was only a tiny, tiny role in that. But they yeah. just, it was really lovely. Like everyone got on really well. The food was incredible. Like the food on that set was a standout to me. And I just love food. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was just like nice to work on it. And and again, like it's so funny going from big budget to like yeah. that same big budget. Like I'd, I'd done so much independent. It was just a crazy world having like three weeks to film two scenes or three scenes as opposed yeah. to like filming 30 in a day. So it was just a fun little juxtaposition of the two. No, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Juxtaposition. That's a great word. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I know that sometimes. <laughs> so did you get to meet Anne Hathaway? Um, not like to chat to her. I saw her. She seems absolutely lovely. Again, I was just a small role. So it wasn't like, it wasn't one of those you meet people properly. But she she was incredible to watch. I mean, I haven't had a chance to see the film yet. But she like, just from watching being on set, she is is incredible. And that's a very different thing than I've seen her do. And she's just, it was, she just commands the screen. It was yeah. really quite a treat to be able to watch it firsthand. Yeah, I thought it was a great film because, like, you know, Josh, he's not a big fan of remakes and everything like that. So it was definitely a film that I watched with my kids. And so I watched when I was growing up the original and I thought it was, like, done well. So I, I thought it was I a really cool film. I can't wait to watch it. Because yeah. also, like, it's, it seemed, from what all I've heard, they've done a really interesting job at modernizing it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really intrigued to, to see how it all turned out in the end. I'm going to have to sit down with my son and watch it. He's 10, so <laughs> yeah. gives us something to look forward to. You've worked with, in a lot of your films, um, Georgina James has been in a lot of your films, or with you, and Peter Cosgrove. And I think they're both phenomenal. I just want to know, like, how was it working with the same people in a, a lot of the films? I mean, I love it because because it's just you get this family feel. And also there's so much of an appreciation of each other. Like they they are incredible performers and actors. And, and it's as exciting as it is to play different characters yourself. It's equally as exciting to see them playing very different roles and seeing them just shine in all these different 
films and characters and it's you just you start really looking forward to working with these people like you create a chemistry that's different than you've just met them once you you know how each other operates you know how each other likes to work and Peter I have such a soft spot for Peter I met him so I did my first film with him on Champ Dog uh on the Viking War I think it was and um he he was literally staying on set like in a in a tent and like He's literally the most adorable human being. And I'd always bring him sandwiches because I didn't think he could go out to the shops and get the food. And then like he was, I get really bad hay fever and he was teaching me how like you can rub nettles on you to like, to help as a natural antihistamine. And just like, he's just got such a kind heart. So I, I just think he's a wonderful human being. And then Georgie's just awesome. Like she's so fun to chill with. And you'll see more like in the more recent ones, there's been like even more people I've worked with a number of times. And now I'm really solidly good friends with a few of them. So it's just, it's fun. And it's an enjoy, it's like theater almost, but you're thrown into film and TV and you get to play more different characters, which I love. So now I wanted to get into some of your films and Mm -hmm. we're going to start off with the one that I think you said it was your first introduction to the uh, proportion production films. So that was Clowndale. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> when watching that film, it's like there's some really comical elements to the film, mm-hmm. but it's played as a pretty serious movie. Yes. Um, so like in one scene, you're a young pregnant woman who is like who's giving up her baby to her brother and his fiance or wife. And then in the next scene, you're uh, you're drooling over a, a four foot tall clown that's considered to I mean, be unique. <laughs> yeah. And he's absolutely hideous. And yeah. um So I just was wondering, like, what it was like to, like, is it difficult to approach a film like that, where, I mean, the premise is pretty ridiculous, but then you're expected to go in there with a pretty serious mindset of what your character is all about. It's funny, because so, so we, that one we only shot in five days as well. I think that's the shortest amount of time I've ever shot a film in, like a feature film in. So it's, it's one of those, you kind of, you kind of get what you get. You don't really get a second take. You don't have time. So if you mess up, that's it. It's in the movie. You only really redo it if um, if something goes wrong with focus or with, with the crew. That's when you get the chance at a second shot. So sometimes if you really mess up, you're like, please tell me that was out of focus. Please tell me I get another shot. So you've, you've got the added element of you really have to nail it. I remember as well, like there were so many things that went wrong initially. So for example, the the doll itself, the design, it, the one that we got, um, it's not, an, you don't see it in the movie, was really not what Scott had in mind for the doll. So um he had to re- he got a bunch of stuff off Amazon and had to really rework the design and that didn't have much he could work with anyway because it was already not what he had in mind. So the actual look of the doll wasn't what he'd intended and it does have a very different look. So you you already have elements that you've got to work against because it's not what was initially intended. And that's a huge part of the movie is the look of the doll. And then I remember he was saying he had actually considered doing it as a silly version of the film, but then when it was being performed and when it was acting out, it took a more serious element. So then they went that route further. So it's sort of, it was very much you adapt to what you have. And I actually really enjoy it. I'm quite, I quite enjoy that one a lot. Cause again, like I said, we filmed it in five days. There are silly elements, but it's an independent movie. There's always silly elements. And I, I love it, honestly. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a fun movie. And yeah. I think the, you know, the, the fact that, it's played straight is almost like makes it more enjoyable because you watch exactly. it. Exactly. Like, 
you, you know, there's some scenes where you kind of want to just like jump through the screen and yell at someone. One thing I want to ask you, though, is have you ever carried on a conversation with a stranger who dialed you as a wrong number? Literally never. Because also like I'm <laughs> super like the only times I've done this is when I've been like, call, like scam called. And then yeah. I'm like, oh, these guys really deserve to be messed with. Yeah. So then so then I, I'll just pretend I'm really interested and then like every like go away and walk away and leave them chatting and then come back every now and again and be like, oh, tell me more. And then just walk away again. So like they don't have time to call other people. Yeah. But that's the only time when it's been a stranger where I've been like, yeah, let's let's divulge them. Yeah. <laughs> so like but you can find this in scary movies. You see this all the time where people are like, oh, my God, no one ever do this in real life. And this is so stupid. But then I'm like, you don't have much of a scary movie if everyone makes smart moves. Yeah. And actually, those ironically are my favorite ones to watch when they make smart moves and they're still kind of they still don't survive. Then I'm like, yay. But it's so hard on a low budget. <laughs> like you kind of just have to allow them. You, you have to accept that some moves are going to have to be made in order to enable this movie to be made. Yeah. And I, again, I think it adds to the enjoyment of B-movies. Yeah, I, I absolutely loved the part where he, he's talking on the phone and he's got this creepy voice and <laughs> you're like oh your voice sounds nice or something also, also, we added that, I forget there was points where like because initially he was like you know what let's make this flirty <laughs> <laughs> so then I was like all right why not so it was just like that was one of those spur of the moment things but it's like it just kind of adds to it it's funny yeah. it's just it just I think because also it's kind of like the you know, in Scream when she's talking to him at the beginning it's literally like a similar thing to that where she's on the phone and she's like oh my gosh, this is so scary. But we were like, let's flip it. Let's be like, she's lonely. Why not? Yeah. What, why not? What else you got to do, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the other thing I liked in that movie, I don't know if you've ever given birth, but your acting, being pregnant and giving birth was pretty spot on. Thank you. Um, I have, that, that was another one where like, so th again, this was the first movie I did with them. And it's like, when am I going to get to play a pregnant woman who's giving birth who's watching someone get killed in front of her. Like, what? when does this happen? When am I ever going to get to play this again? So it was the enjoyment. And then also, like, when they were shooting me, they had to, like, get to where I was sitting, so they got me out the way. So then I just went and got a cup of tea with, like, all the blood all over me, just, like, watching them film the other half of the scene, like, oh, this is lovely. So, like, <laughs> it was, it's just this crazy thing of, like, you just got to enjoy it. And also because, so obviously they cut up loads of, loads of it to just fit it into the film. But we were shooting that scene, for, like me screaming for like a solid 15, 20 minutes of footage of that scene. of, And I was like, the voice doesn't last that long. So I was like, I'm glad they cut it up. But like, it was just, I can't imagine what women have to go through because I was tired after 20 minutes, not actually giving birth, just screaming. Yeah. <laughs> so like, props yeah. to women. <laughs> I watched my wife go through it. I don't think you could pay me enough. Uh, yeah. That's how I feel about that. Although I found, so I don't know if you, I didn't know this was a thing. I think there's a fetish thing for women giving birth in films because I've seen this bit of the movie cut out on YouTube and like <laughs> posted. And it's just like a women giving birth in movie site and it has like 60, 70,000 views. So I was like, Ooh. this is clearly its own thing. You got a backup career. Exactly. There you go. If this fails, <laughs> giving birth yeah. in movies will survive. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. My wife pu pushed out my son. He was nine pounds, nine ounces, and uh, it was all natural. I saw it live once, 
And it was like beautiful, but at the same time, I don't want to see it again. Exactly. I was like, I don't, I wouldn't want to see it. I was like, how is there this site where people want this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not, not for me. Um, yeah. But you, you did say that you were there for 15, 20 minutes. Uh, yeah. so I, the, the question, no one else was in that shot. So it was just you. Mm-hmm. How, how was it acting just you and nobody else for a scene? Well, do you know what's funny? Um, a lot of scenes you have to do for whatever reason, you sometimes don't even have the other actor there because of like maybe they're getting changed or like sometimes you just have someone holding up a finger and be like, okay, this is your eyeline. This is them now. So, so I have had to act with without people there a lot. And then ironically, they still had like off screen, they were still acting out the murder for me. So that was nice of them. <laughs> so I had something to react off of. So it's kind of, it's a mixture of it. Sometimes it's harder to just, cause you're carrying the shot than if it's just you. So you've got to make sure it's interesting to watch. But there's also the adage like, I, that they were really nice and that I had something to act off of, which you don't always have. So that was very helpful. That's pretty cool. You were, you were in another one, speaking of being by yourself this was the opposite you were in uh witches of amityville academy mm-hmm. and i just wanted to ask you how that was because there were there was a lot of good star power in there like a yeah. lot of great well we call them you know scream queens the b b scream queens but there was a, a, a lot of good actor actresses in there mm-hmm. uh, how was that experience i because also they are so sweet like i remember being a somewhat intimidated potentially coming on set with them because i was like I just I know they're really big in the US and I was like I I don't know what to expect and I'm I'm like how will I hold up will they be nice and they were just absolutely lovely and kind of self-aware as well so it was a bit it, there was a bit of humor to it and it was just enjoyable to act opposite it they were just super fun to work with and different than again different than anyone I'd ever worked with before like it just added a whole new element to these horror films of like just it was a whole different type of character and than I've seen in these kind of things as well. So it was just fun. They were lovely, super enjoyable again. That's awesome. And you were you were in another one of mine that I really liked. I, I think video game horror is really overlooked. Uh, I don't like video games, but I find video game horror super intriguing. I just interviewed a guy not too long ago last season. Uh, he wrote Nightmare Game System, which it was video game horror. I find that fascinating. And you were in virtual deathmatch. Yes. How cool was that experience? To There's no other, when I think video game horror, not too many come to mind. So it's a really like small niche of the niche market. You know what I mean? Yes. So how was it being in that? That was super fun as well. So like with, um, with that one, that was the last one I did with Champ Dog. And that's actually my favorite one that I did with Champ Dog. I think it was a really clever concept if you've watched any of their films, a lot of the the villains they have in it are like villains they've had in other movies. So that was just a fun little like testament to their other movies as well. And the idea, I, I, I agree, I really enjoy this kind of genre. And I think I'm surprised there's not more of this because it really fits into the horror world easily. I can see how it, and then just a big thing about horror films is you have a lot of death and the idea that you can have multiple lives just fills that criteria plus you've got the idea of what does that mean for you in the real world so I just really really thought that was a lot of fun and very it was a very creative way to do it on a low budget I think I think they managed to do a lot with very little like even the CGI it works because it is like a video game so like when you get the weird like they actively wanted it to look CGI because it's meant to be a video game type thing so I thought little elements like that were really clever. 
So I'm going to get a little personal here. Yeah. In that movie, you were the only one in a scantily clad leather outfit. Mm -hmm. Why is that? So um, when we were talking about costumes, um, they said what they were going for was like Lara Croft from Tomb Raider. So it was just finding the equivalent costume to that. And then some of the other costumes, it's just budgetary. So they already had some things from other films, from like the Viking films. So you see a few of them in the garb that were in other films. So partly it was just budgetary. What costumes could they afford? And it is an interesting thing because like it doesn't, I agree, it didn't necessarily stand out to me so much until you see us in group shots. Yeah. And And then it is... Because there's always these questions of are women being sexualized too much in films? There's always that question. But in terms of the mm-hmm. storyline, I felt like it was so much about not about that. Like I just happened to be wearing it. Whereas if there was more emphasis put on a relationship with someone else in the film, then I think it could have played more into it. Josh, you said you were going to share something personal. Did you? Do you have some attachment to leather that you wanted to disclose here? No, no. I wore leather pants once, and that was a mistake on my end. Never again. <laughs> Never again. Um, yeah, you're a better person than me, Sarah. I can't wear the leather. It's uh, not <laughs> Well, the me. funny thing is, it was at, so the outside is leather, but the inside was just regular material. So it was actually, it was quite, it was fairly comfortable to wear. The, it was more that it was a cold time of year. So I just had to make sure I always had like a coat ready for when we were out of the scene and I got cold. So there's still hope for you, Josh. You can try this kind of leather. There you go. You've got options. My my wife is going to thank you, I'm sure. I'm so glad to hear it. You guys can send her the condolence letter, all right? You you brought up an interesting point, and I I, I just kind of want to ask you this um, Mm -hmm. before we go on to the next film. Uh, you said that a lot of women are sexualized, especially in horror movies, because mm-hmm. it's pretty much, you know, men watch horror movies yeah. more than women. So women are very sexualized. But I've noticed, uh, like, you've never done nude scenes that I've seen in any of your movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, none that, of your movies yeah. are really sexualized. How do you feel about that in the genre? So that's a really big thing for me, actually. And this is why I really like working with Scott, because he'll he'll check what I'm comfortable with. Like, if there's something I'm not comfortable with in a script, then mm-hmm. And he'll take it out. And for me, I've always... So that's actually a part of why, with Medusa, what why I play the character I did, because I wasn't comfortable doing sex scenes in a low-budget movie. I was like, I need to guarantee I can be protected, because once mm-hmm. this is out there, it's out there. Sure. And until I can afford someone to make sure these things aren't used in inappropriate ways, I don't want to put myself in a position where this stuff can get out there and there's no control I have over it. So for me, I've always said I'm not going to do nudity or sex scenes in a low budget film unless it's for a specific thing. For example, like rape, I think is a really important topic to shed light on. So if it's something about that and it's very artfully done and it has a purpose, I'd consider it. But just gratuitous or or not really feeding the storyline to me, I, I so rarely think it's necessary other than to fuel just a certain like need that men sometimes have watching these and I don't always think it helps the story so for me I never judge anyone for doing it but it's more to protect myself I haven't and I think I think especially with um like you said with horror I remember seeing a review of Cupid and the Mm -hmm. guy said my biggest critique of this is you don't see any boobs and I was like this is this is so like it was, been reading I, I get that they're trying to be funny, but it really is a very yeah. thing that you see. And like, that's what people look for in these movies sometimes. And I think it's a shame. 
I hadn't really put too yeah, much thought to this, but it actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I can't really think of any of the proportion production films that I've seen so far that are like overly sexual. Mm-hmm. Like they're pretty, they're pretty tame in the sex department. Yeah. And then, you know, it's more about the fright. And... I like it. Isn't it's, it's never gratuitous. They sometimes have it. Like you, I think in Cuba, there's a little bit of a, sex scene in it but it's never it's never like about that it's it's fueling the storyline mm. as opposed to having it there just just for the sake of having it there and then actually props to becky and scott because they will often get asked by distributors you need to put this in and they'll just be like no it's not yeah. needed um, yeah, because yeah. like we had diane franklin on an episode and we were kind of talking about that and he kind of had gone into it because in amityville horror too you know she played like a like a, with a scene with her brother so and they kind of had a sex scene and everything like that and then so as she got older in her career she did not want to do any sex scenes and so a lot of people didn't want to have her in their films you know mm-hmm. so that you know when you kind of shed light on that and kind of focus on it it kind of really is sad in a way yeah. how everything is focused on that because that's another thing as well so for example with medusa it's about prostitutes so their job is sex mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and even with that, you'll see it when you see it. The, it that's so not the, the what the movie's about. When it's done, it's done tactfully, and it has mm-hmm. a purpose, as opposed to just again fueling a desire some people have. Yeah, I mean, these are really movies you can take home to your mom. And yeah, you're gonna go <laughs> they go a nice family film where a bunch of people get really <laughs> murdered. You know. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you for answering that question. Mm. Um, yeah, Thank you I, for asking it, especially as men. I feel like it's often not thought about. So I really appreciate uh, that. I, you know what? There's a lot. Having a 10-year-old son, for me, I love horror, but there's a lot of stuff that I can't watch with him. And it's mm-hmm. not so much the violence because, you know, one of my besties uh, runs a haunted house. So he sees the special effects all the time. It's mm-hmm. the nudity. Mm. Uh, and unfortunately, there's nudity in like everything which is tough because I want to show him something and I, and, and you know, I'm going, I have to go through the parental thing with my wife and I'm like, ah, you just can't. Like, this one's out. This one's out. Mm. So uh, you also brought up the Viking movies, which mm. brings me to Vikings versus Krampus, which <laughs> yeah. I love that movie. I don't, I don't know. I started, uh, geez, what was it last year? I think God. I posted it for the can Christmas. I, can I interrupt you for one second? Why? Not only Why has, did he see it, but he, he talked about it nonstop for no. a very long time. <laughs> he was like the first person to know about it, I think. Really? I love he sent, that. He sent me and Brandon a text and he's like, oh, Vikings versus Krampus is coming on pretty soon. It's going to be out pretty soon. And me and Brandon are like, so? <laughs> so I apologize for that because I, I actually love this. Yeah. I was not super excited at the time, but <laughs> I have yeah, changed yeah. my mind over time. So side note, I was telling my wife, I said, hey, Remember that movie I was showing the guys because I put it on again this morning and uh, I was like, I was telling Dave about this and he shut me down. And now we're interviewing the star. And my wife is like, you know, that's like the fifth time you've told me that. Right. I love it. So, uh, yeah. How was it uh, playing a Viking in that film? It was definitely fun. So that one was actually filmed with Champ Dog as well. So the Viking one. So. We were filming Scarecrow yeah. and uh, the Krampus one at the same time. And I was playing, I was in both films. So like sometimes half the day I'd be in one costume 
I quickly switch out of that costume and go over to the Krampus set and then film that one. So it was super. And they were, again, like very different characters. And in Krampus, I was like a villain type of character. And it's the first time I got to really properly play a villain in these sort of films. And then in the Scarecrow one, it was more like like the the hero of the film. So it was two very different things. But it was, I, I actually really like Krampus as well. That's another one where I've got a bit of a soft spot for that one. It's like, I think they did such a good job with the Krampus design. Like yeah. we have such a shoestring. These were some of the lowest budget movies I've ever worked on. And that costume for what we had to work on is is just really, really impressive. Um, and Daryl, who, who played, he was wearing the costume. I think he did a really good job with physicalizing that role as well. Um, and I had a blast. Like I just really enjoyed the character that I had was sort of very much out for itself. Not kind of gets a bit messed over by the dad. He kind of throws me to get killed to save himself. So it's sort of like, it's just, that was one where like you kind of could have a bit of fun with it. And like, it was just a bit silly. And I, I kind of like the ones where you can kind of be a bit self-aware and play that up a bit with these things. And that one really allowed for it. That's awesome. How was it getting killed by Krampus? hilarious because also what was it that was the one where like it was that this, so again this one was literally they were like we weren't sure how I was gonna die it was just like what do we have to work with and how can we play with the costume and then Scott was like let's have her just get like rammed with the ram head <laughs> like the horn so then it just like and then like you just cough up blood and it's actually one of the easier ones to do like technically so it was it was quite a funny and again because the dad just throws me in to get killed it was just a funny little bit of like you're getting killed but also you have to look sad at your dad and it's just like <laughs> just a fun one to do so we would be dave, not i gotta to say dave hold on man it's the best thing i've ever heard you're saying a death scene was fun like me dying fun I mean, because also filming it's absolutely hilarious because like That's you get idea. all the technical bits where which you don't think about because they put all these puzzle pieces together like afterwards. So you see like thing go through the tummy, then someone crying, then someone shouting, then like other person. But then when you're actually on set, you're like, okay, so now just move your belly forward because we're shooting your belly now. And then so it's just like, it's so much more cut up and it, it's, because people always say as well, like, if you don't like horror movies, is it scary to film them? And, like, I have a lot of friends who film these ones who aren't big horror fans. But because it's so technical, like, it takes away any fear factor while you're filming. Unless someone's, like, playing a really creepy character and then it's a bit different. That's awesome. Sorry I cut you off, Dave. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll send you a apology letter. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so we would be remiss not to mention the film Bad Nun, Deadly Vows. That was a 2020 film, right? So that yeah. just came out last year. I guess it's a sequel, although I had not seen the first one. So I don't feel like I had to, though, in order to know what was going on here. Like, it was pretty, you know, I kind of catch up. It deals with some pretty, like, that's one thing I noticed with all these films. Like, there's the horror element, but then there's, like, this social message or there's this other thing going on that's pretty deep and... Mm -hmm. For this one, it was like dirty deeds of the nuns and priests towards children or whatever. Yeah. So, so that was like playing as like a side theme, but was also very like prevalent. And at the end, your character makes a very interesting choice because you end up finding, I don't know if th this is a spoiler. So if you haven't seen Bad Nun and you intend to, then probably stop listening here. But <laughs> you end up finding out one of your family members is involved in these dirty deeds and mm -hmm. you make a pretty hard choice. 
not to make her pay for it basically and not to let her get away with it and she's going to answer for it and i'm curious because <laughs> it just like that change in your character of like how she like it just seems like very clear that she's gonna she's gonna go this way in real life do you feel like you could do that to a family member if you if you it's knew that they had interesting done question isn't it because i think it's such a to me there's certain things that are inexcusable and causing harm to a child is so inexcusable um, and so scarring in every single way. And and then there's the thing, because also the character was super close to her grandmother, like had no idea. Like it's it's one of those, what if you didn't know this was going to happen and you're like, because I think about my, just the idea of any of my grandparents doing this or family members is so out of the realm of possibility. So then I'm like, what, that was what it was for the character. So then how would you react to this? And I, I, I would like to say that I I don't think I could forgive them for that. I don't I don't know how I would react in that situation. I'm like I don't know if I would have made that same decision. I genu- it's a genuine possibility where it's like they took someone else's life from them even if they're still alive. So would I would I do that possibly? I don't know. Yeah. And that's kind of one of the things I really like about most of these films is there's like this morality question that comes up in like a number of them. Even when we were talking to Georgina Jane, we we're doing like, we we're talking about pet graveyard and there's this idea of brinking. Um, so I don't know if you saw that one, but they, there's all these, like these films have all these questions. Like, would I do this? And I like it. It makes you think. So it's more than just mm-hmm. about the horror element. There's also sure. the ethic question. So I just had another quick question about that film. So there is probably the world's cutest Pomeranian in that film. And is that your dog by any chance? No, so do you want to know a fun fact? It's Scott's. Oh, okay. Scott has two Pomeranians and then one had been in a previous movie. And then this, he got this one just before filming, I think. And literally it was the funnest time on set because I love dogs. And they were so cuddly, like they put their little paws up so you would just hold them. And... <laughs> He was like, Here's, so you're going to be acting and this is the new dog. And I was like, I don't want any scene without the dog, please. Yeah. <laughs> Literally the first scene, I just get to hold the dog the whole time. And I was like, this is amazing. Was it a puppy? Uh, it was a puffy. Yeah, you- Literally the cutest puffy ever. And they, they were so well behaved as well. I was like, what if it, because I was like, what if it really needs to loo on me? <laughs> they were like, He's like, no, they don't do that. So I was just like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. But there's one scene where like, so they would they literally had been so well behaved the whole time. And then this one scene where the dog's like in a cage and the evil character's coming for the dog. And she actually started crying on set because uh-huh. she could tell like something wasn't right. And I was literally, I remember being off camera watching this, like, I hate this so much, but this is going to be so good for the movie, but <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> Best actor ever. Yeah, literally. The dog who stole the show. <laughs> that dog was freaking awesome. cute though. Yeah. So <laughs> adorable. For our American listeners, can you explain what the loo is? Oh, yes, the bathroom. <laughs> Going to the toilet. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's the I even lived in the US for a while. I should know by now. But. I think they would have gotten that one. Yeah. We, but mm-hmm. I didn't know what, what was it, Josh? What was it? A hen? Yeah, a hen party. Oh, hen, party. yeah, it's in like bachelorette party. Hen I had no idea yeah. what that was. Yeah. <laughs> That's what okay. that's what I didn't even think about because like because my mom's American, I've always heard both. So I sometimes forget which is English and which is American. And that one just mm-hmm. didn't even occur to me that that wasn't one that Americans knew until I think last year. And I'd lived in the US for like five years, four years. So it took me a while mm-hmm. to know that one wasn't a thing that people said. Where in the US were you living? 
I lived in New York. I went to NYU for university. So I lived there for for four years, I think, four and a half years, something like that. Okay. I partied at some colleges. Did you? They have some good ones. <laughs> some good parties. <laughs> it was fun. I wanted to ask you next about Cupid. Mm-hmm. So kind of the reason we we even got in contact was because of this film. And um, another one where I was proven wrong. Josh told me about Cupid a while ago. And Josh, I, I think we have a lot to thank you for. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm you being a movie right now. All time. I, I totally dismissed it. And I was proven wrong when I watched it. So I watched it around Valentine's Day and I, I really enjoyed it. So one of the things I liked so much about it, and especially your character, was just like how convincing, like for me to like really dislike or like a character, that means that the person did a good job. And for majority of the movie, like it's your character is a pretty dislikable character. Mm-hmm. But the, like there's this interesting dynamic because like at sometimes you kind of start to root for her. And then other times you're like, you're kind of rooting against her. So you kind of waver back and forth a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I just what, kind of wanted to like, you know, ask you like, what was like your intention and for the portrayal of that role? And like, you know, what was that experience? Like kind of being that dislikable character. So I love, this is one of my favorite characters I've ever played because she is so unapologetically horrible. Um, and it's so rare you get to play this kind of character. I mean, and they exist. I've seen these kind of girls before. So they really do exist. But she's just like all of them combined. And I I, I actually genuinely like playing the unlikable characters. I think there's more layers you can find. with with Often with the main characters, they have to be so inherently likable. And that so you need to generally give them a flaw like, oh, someone died or someone's really hurt in their family or something, just so you relate really quickly to them. But then that then that kind of becomes the storyline. Whereas with the unlikable character, you can kind of go anywhere with it. And there's there's always a reason someone's mean. And you, they give it they give you the reason in the film why she's really targeting the main character. But it's it's so fun to play that because it was just like you could and they let me improv loads as well. So like there was a self-awareness of we're also in a low budget movie. So even though she's like doing all these horrible things, there's also a bit of comedy to it. And like, like with the break and nail, they just let me throw that in there for the lols. Like just those kind of lines. Um, and it was just a really fun one to play with as well. And then acting off Georgie, who's just so, I remember when we were shooting, when we're, when we're looking at the pictures of her and we're making fun of it, I was like, she genuinely looks gorgeous. <laughs> like, this, is, this is such a horrible one to film because she looks fantastic and it seems horrible to say these things, but she, she, really makes you root for her as well in a great way. And it was just like nice to play the antagonist to that. Yeah, I, I think you both did an amazing job. And also like credit was due to like the script writing and just kind of the, the storyline because, mm-hmm. you know, your character wouldn't have even had any redeeming quality if we didn't realize at the end, like kind of what was, you know, fueling that fire. And I think that really helped kind of bring the storyline into, into play of why your character was surviving. Cause you know, it's at also, first it was like, is she just going to get killed off? Is that Yeah. What- Cause you expect her to be the first to die or she needed something really bad to happen. <laughs> like, but with, um, I think, cause also there was the towing the line of making sure that she, because I remember which, but the bit where we were shooting where I see the Cupid in the sky, I remember this really good direction by Scott where we shot it the first time and he was like, this doesn't seem ridiculous enough. Like you, you're you selling that it's realistic and sad. Like go really overdramatic with it in this bit. And like those little touches just to make us seem like 
over dramatic or stupid so credit to scott with the directing was just i think what added so much to the character as well yeah yeah absolutely i i also want to ask you a question that we also asked georgina was um in regards to cupid it's like kind of being this anti-valentine's day film which is not you know the typical hallmark film that we usually see there's been a couple of anti-Valentine's Day horror films, but they haven't been like as obvious as like actually making Cupid evil. So like, what's your thoughts about the the holiday in general? Are you a Valentine's Day fan or do you think it's just kind of a cash-in? You know, I'm such a not romantic person. So I find all the things like often whenever I've been with someone and they're like, here's chocolates or teddy bears. I'm like, oh, this is so cheesy, but you don't want to be not <laughs> thankful either. So like, to me, this is right up my alley is in like kind of just something not fully it's it's just also I remember we were saying there's never been a Cupid villain like we were looking this up and we were like this is the first ever Cupid villain this is awesome like in itself no matter what we've got the first so that was a really really fun one and I think I think honestly I do always love a holiday just because you get a day off to do what you want or there's themes and stuff but I'm not like I said I'm not a huge romantic so it's more I like it for just having something fun yeah that's awesome and that movie is uh, picking up steam, by the way. Last yeah. year, I think it was last year when I first posted it, it did so so like our hardcore followers liked it. But then Dave had reposted it and uh, people were actually commenting on it and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. within a year's time, it, it really. Well, we were, we were saying this. This is one of those ones where it's because it's for a specific day. It's going to resurface every year. Like all the other films are kind of in their own thing. And and if it does well that year, it's like, this has become almost like a cult following Mm -hmm. film. Like the first one that I've done where there's really a genuine cult following at the moment. And I think it is like you're saying, it's picking up every year. Like I keep getting more people being like, I just watched this and I loved it. Or like, I watched this and I hate it, but it's still fun. (laughs) So like you get all these, it's just, I I think this is like a B movie to the T and I love it. I want to talk about, your what well, I don't know if it's your latest, but the one that just came out was Hellcat. Mm-hmm. And I got to see it. The other guys didn't get to see it. I saw it streaming somewhere and I can't remember where it is. Look, mm-hmm. look at me. You played a pretty badass character in there and you did some fighting. And I I thought it was pretty impressive. Uh do you have any martial arts background and how was it fighting? So here's where I completely put a damper on this one. I got a stunt double. And she is phenomenal. (laughs) Her name is Kareen Holt. She is genuinely exceptional. So initially I was meant to do some of the fighting in it. And I'd said at the beginning, like I have very basic, very, very basic from from training and acting like stage combat, but, and a bit of a screamer, but like nothing like what would have made this film needed, like MMA proper skills. So like even just getting the part, I was blown away because I I had to audition. It was with people like Scott was working on it, but it was the script writer who was making all the decisions. So I was pretty convinced I wasn't going to get the part. So when I did, we did, I was starting to like look into training of MMA, but it was only going to be three months till filming. And there's only so much training you can do for that. And we had one day where I met with AJ, who was also in the film, to just for him to start like showing me the ropes. And then he messaged um, Scott after was like, I think we need to get her a stunt double. And I was like, thank you. I think we do too. So we got Kareen in and she is phenomenal. And this was actually pre-COVID and they had the amazing idea of popping a mask on so we could switch us in and out really easily. 
and she's so badass and she makes me look amazing and I all I have to do is throw a few punches here and there like the rest is her like the legs up here the roundhouse kicks all those that's her and she's incredible her fighting style was pretty spot on a lot yeah. of moves I was like she's fantastic Damn. yeah She's uh, actually in The Gardener. She plays a character in one of the films later on. So she's she's oh, actually cool. a really good actress as well. Oh, that's cool. Mm. The so my my next question, the copy I saw uh was was rough. It was really dark. And you had a scar going around your neck. Yeah. And I just wanted to know if that was a prosthetic or uh what it was because you, you you could the see it. Like around you could really see it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was it looked like it went all the way around. It did. Uh, it did. And so was they, that uncomfortable or? No. So the makeup artist, again, on this were just out of this world. Like we, so we shot this in nine days, nine or, yeah, nine days. And that, so with the fight scenes, there's some insane prosthetics, like with, um with like the wolf, all the different characters they have, there's like a wolf character, a pig character. And like the, they have completely changed their faces and they do that so quickly. Like the, the skill that they did, usually you need like a day to do just one of these. And they did all the different ones in like half an hour. So it was exceptional. Um, and then the scar was like, again, it was just like a prosthetic where they had the mold and they just put it on and then did drawings over it. It looked so realistic. Sometimes I forgot to take it off and people would give me such weird looks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, they did such a good job. And then there's also, there's a tattoo, which again was like a spray on one and it just looks amazing. So they, they the makeup artists did such a good job with that. So that that was Hellcat and that you you said you filmed that be- before COVID literally just before I think in December so just like a month or so before we started thinking COVID might potentially come to the UK I think it was right when it was in China so masks weren't a thing yet interesting how has that affected your film career lots it has a lot like just it's it's so much more expensive to shoot now because of all the precautionary measures you need to put in place so although films are still going, there's way less being made now than there had been before. So it, for example, like I was talking about this with another actor today, there's an acting site called Spotlight and that's where all the breakdowns tend to get posted. And then usually there's like 200, 300 a day, different job possibilities. Now there's like five to 10 a day. Oh, wow. So it's, re- and then you've got all the same actors now going for the same things. So there's a huge mm-hmm. amount of conversation. COVID's really, really affected the industry but that being said it's great you can still do stuff so it's like bittersweet when we did our best of 2020 mm-hmm. 2020 was the best year for horror because the big companies were not producing big you money the big other ones. yeah so all these little guys finally got um a time to shine and mm-hmm. i thought that was awesome Without, uh, no. i really hope that keeps up yeah um, even this year, a lot of big, big players still aren't releasing stuff yet. Yeah, because we we had the Gardener; it's not out yet, but it's gonna be. It's been picked up by Lionsgate. There's no way pre-COVID this small budget film would have even been looked at by Lionsgate. Yeah. So, so it, we're seeing the benefits, isn't? And because it's a an action movie, like where there's not, it's harder to make these with COVID guidelines at the moment because just social distancing and things like that. I think. That actually, ironically, helped us a little bit for getting better, better viewership for it. Yeah, talk about changing the industry. Uh, mm-hmm. In some ways, it has hurt the industry, but then I, I think in other ways it has really helped. So Definitely. maybe I'm. Uh, what do they call that? Optimistic? 
Is that the I right word? I find the light though. I mean, that's definitely good. Th- it's definitely helped in some ways. And I think for sure, this is one of them. Cool. It gives us little guys a bit more of a, more of a platform. I think we made it through the catalog of films that we've collectively seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I just want to ask you, like, what films do you want people to kind of know are coming out and that they should be on the lookout for or any that we missed that you want people to go check out? I mean, you guys really smashed it through my favorite ones, I think, like you. There's there's four in particular that I really like that are out at the moment, um, which are uh, the, the Watcher, Bad Nun, Deadly Vows. It has a few different names. Um, Clown Doll I really like and then Cupid I really like and Hellcat I really like so those are you you covered all my absolute favorite ones for me personally but it's funny like I keep hearing other people liking other ones more so it's so subjective but then with with the ones that are still to come out I keep saying it but the Medusa one I'm so excited for like I I just think it's so different than the ones we've done before but so well acted Um, really interesting storyline the script super interesting and to me, it's just it, that also has like a social commentary somewhat to it. So it does fit in line with all the others. And I just really, really like it. To me, it's so gritty, independent English movie. And I'm really intrigued to see what people think of it. But I personally adore it. And then I think so I'm intrigued. I actually have no idea what the um, the Jurassic one is going to turn out to be like. It's not out yet, but um, I haven't had a chance to see it. So all these are literally all the other films I've seen. This one I haven't yet, and I'm really intrigued to see how that turned out because I can never tell if it's going to be good or not till I actually see the finished copy. But oh, nice. actually, Rats Reborn—that one's coming out soon. I'm only a tiny. Actually, it's kind of like the British Elise in that one, but in a, just a tiny, tiny scene. But it was really good for me because I can use that for my English show reel because most of my roles have been American lately. But that one, so I just watched that recently, and I think again, so Ricardo. Fritas, who's also in Hellcat, he's one of the main characters in that. And he, my goodness, he really is exceptional in that movie, like really does a good job. And there's some really impressive CGI with the rat at the end as well. So I'm just, I think they did a very impressive job with this movie. So I'm intrigued, even though I'm just a small part in this, I'm really intrigued to see what people think of that. Because again, I think it's very impressive. Now, do you guys have any release dates set for these films or...? We do and I'm bad at remembering them. So like we I I know that the Medusa one is coming out within the next few months because we're getting interview requests starting to come through. Okay. And and the trailer's coming out soon. And I've seen it and I really like the trailer too. So I'm intrigued to see. I think it's gonna be within the next few months. I think as far as I know, that's gonna be the first one coming out, probably like May sort of time. April, May. But if not sooner. But um I think Rats Reborn may be a similar time, actually, because it's getting a similar sort of press release soon. So I think those are the ones to look out for soon. How about this? Uh, I don't know how to pronounce the second word. Devil Jin? Oh, yes, cool. So that one, I think that one's going to be out soon as well, but I don't know when. Um, that one, so that, I would say that's more along the Cupid vein. Like it's got, it's a bit, it's slightly sillier. But, but not fully silly. Like I'd say it's somewhat in a similar world to Cupid. And that one, again, Me- Megan's the main character in that one who's also the main character in Medusa. And she is just a really exciting actress. Uh, any scene she's in is just really fascinating to watch. And I really enjoy working opposite her. Like we we play best friends in that. And just it's a delight to just play off each other in every scene. Uh, I feel like she's a very generous actress. And I'm in, again, that's another interesting one to see what people will think of it. 
I think this will be very much more in the vein of like you either love it or you hate it. Yeah. Because it's more in the B movie realm. A gin is a genie. Is it? Yes, it is. It's like it is genie. They've changed the name. I think now. I always forget what what the final title is, but um, it is definitely. I think they changed the name because there's another movie with gin in the title. So, but there's a movie called Gin came out in uh that, that, like 86 or something yeah and there's another one that's coming out come out recently i think that also has it so they i think they're changing it now but it definitely is about a genie cool yes. so you know in a next year by the same time you're probably going to have a ton of more films on tubi for people to check out and all the other sites so that's pretty exciting for you so you got a lot of a lot of titles coming out and I hope that, you know, maybe you can join us again after some of these movies released. For sure. Been- this has been a blast. Awesome. Definitely. Awesome. <laughs> now, I just wanted to kind of be to throw it out there for some of our followers and listeners to kind of follow you on social media. If you want to plug in some of your usernames, some, some people can follow you. I literally always say this. I'm shocking with social media. So the only one I have is Instagram that I properly post on. So okay. Sarah T. Cohen, it's, so it's the same as the acting name, just without any spaces is I think it's the same for Twitter as well, but I so rarely post on there. So if that's all you got, I have that. But Instagram's probably the best one to follow with if you want updates with filming or anything like that. That's always where I post it. All right. Well, Sarah, thank you again for joining us. This was thank you guys. Yeah. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for watching them all. It really means a lot. Like I, I love the films that we make, and it's nice that you really took the time to take a watch of all of them. Yeah, it was, awesome. it was very fun. Very fun to do that. All right, so to all the listeners, make make sure you go check out these films. Cupid, Clown Doll, uh, Bad Nun, the list goes on. Sarah T. Cohen, check her films out and uh, definitely keep a watch for all the upcoming films. Medusa sounds like it's going to be amazing. So can't wait to check that out. And uh, to everybody, have a good night. Take it easy. I tried to write movies such as, and I accidentally said, movies suck. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to say that. Yeah, I I think this is exactly why I shouldn't be allowed to do these things. Hang on, I'm going to have a sip of water. I've got a beach water. (laughs) And I'm like, mate, the only reason you're this critical is because they've done such a good job with what they have. You assume it's got more. I just just like that you said, mate.